Hi, my name is Kira. I tend to forget to introduce myself, so this is what that is. I am a Seattle-based storyteller, writer, uh, podcaster, you name it. I just really want to share the gospel and share how Jesus truly changes everything. So this is your invitation to stay. You can find other episodes as well as my blog, um, any other important links, all in the description. Also, you can check it out on kiragothier.com. That should have everything that you're looking for. But there is grace here. There is love here. There is truth here. I hope you enjoy today's episode. What about the other Gospels? What about the Gospel of Judah, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of James? You know, Kira, this is why I don't trust Christianity. Christians just picked and chose the Gospels that were most fitting with the Bible. Isn't it interesting how they purposefully left out these other Gospel accounts? Have you heard this one before? What about the other Gospels? It's a brilliant question. You know, how would you answer this, my Christian friend? With truth, with grace, and with love, I would hope. The other Gospels dilemma is another reason why people are skeptical about Christianity. This is one way Dr. Bart Ehrman is able to lead so many Christians to become atheists by looking at the other Gospels. And this is also a major danger to those who follow progressive Christianity. And that is the belief that the Bible is not the Word of God. The book, Another Gospel, is one that I would definitely recommend if you want to Hear more about the definition and the the dangers of progressive Christianity. But to your question, what so what about the other Gospels? You know, well, well, in short, they don't fit the criteria that the New Testament Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, had to pass. But let, let me explain. We know that Jesus's ministry took place in the first century right? Like 20 to 30 years into it, to be more accurate. Hey, remember when we when we talked about the bibliographical test in the miniseries? You know, for those who are new here, in the summer, I filmed a miniseries looking at the evidence and to try to prove that Jesus is who we claim to be and Christians got it right. Um, that took a lot of time, a lot of research. So, I'd recommend watching that. Um, it's, all, it's on the podcast somewhere. You can find it. But anyway, the bibliographical test looks at the number of copies, the time interval between original and existing copies, and the degree of accuracy within these copies. So this is how we are able to detect the validity and accuracy of any sort of text, uh, original text. So this doesn't just have to do with the Bible, but also just any works of uh, 
written work. Um, so long story made as short as I can. We trust the New Testament Gospels because they were written between like 15 to 40 years after it happened. So if the Gospel writers were lying, well, there were people who also experienced it and would have been able to call them out for it because, well, they've, they would have been alive still at the time. So anyone who's trying to start like a really nasty rumor about me, wait 80 years. Like start it after 80 years because anyone capable of defending me would be dead at that point. <laughs> Historians say it takes about two generations for a myth to take place. So I'm expecting that that nasty rumor in about 80 years. So these these so-called other other gospels, they're sometimes referred to as the Gnostic gospels. And they were written far later than the biblical gospels. So Gnosticism is derived from the Greek word gnosis, which translates to knowledge. The Gnostic believes in acquiring special mystical knowledge as the means for salvation. So they believe that there is a great God that is good and perfect, but impersonable and unknowable. So from this alone, we know they were not Christians. And from the research and evidence that exists, we know that the other Gospels were written somewhere within like the middle of the second century. We know it's not written before that, before the middle of the second century. So these are second century gospels. And that should that should be a big old red flag at this point. See, if this was written in the middle of the second century, then this means these gospels could not have been written by the eyewitnesses. The Gospel of Peter could not have been written by Peter. See, that's that's quite problematic. So to your question, why, why don't we see the other Gospels in the Bible? Well, besides not really being valid eyewitness accounts and their textual and historical inaccuracies, these writings appeared after Christian leaders agreed on which writings were considered scripture so they they didn't they didn't exist yet and if you're you're curious as to how people decide which books belong in the bible and which don't well it's kind of a long answer so i'll list some links and possibly bore you with uh, with it in a future episode but the recognition of god's word is called canonization so god determined the canon the church simply discovered it. So that, that wording is very important. It was God who created it, not man. Man just discovered it. So as the church was discovering this, you know, they used criteria for recognizing and collecting the word of God. So questions like, well, was the book written by a prophet of God? Was the writer authenticated by miracles to confirm this message? Does the book tell the truth about God with no falsehood or contradiction? Does the book reveal a divine capacity to transform lives? Was the book accepted as God's word by the people to whom it was first delivered? So this process is 
it was some serious business. Uh, but it makes sense. If if I got to choose what I what got put in and what didn't, I would probably hide some of the the shady stuff, right? I'm sure the church maybe wanted to as well. I'm sure they had that temptation when they were discovering the canon, but you know they couldn't. Why? Well, that would be blasphemy. Then that's not good. <laughs> we don't get to uh, choose what goes into the Bible. We don't get to make up stories and find them together and call it God's word. I mean, have have you read the Bible? Like, spoiler alert, they, they killed the guy in the most gruesome way possible. But more on this later. See, if you if you want to start a religion, don't don't do what the Bible does, all right? So take notes. If you're trying to start a religion, don't do this. The Bible, it talks about how we're all sinners. Every character screws up in some way. Except for, you know, this this guy Jesus. But everyone else, it's like they have they have flaws. It's it's almost like they're imperfect or something. See, in in a culture that uh, that thought less of women, Jesus says male and female are both created in His image. Jesus says we are to love one another. He actually calls husbands to love their wives so much that they would be willing to die for her. See, this was unheard of in this culture at the time that it was written. See, that's that's not how you want to start a religion. All right, if you want to start a religion, tell us how all men will get their own planet full of women. Tell us that the main characters in the story, like tell us that they didn't have any flaws, that they're, you know, perfect, all of them. And honestly, just just change with with culture usually usually yourself pretty well if you do that that's that's how you start a religion that people want to follow okay don't don't do what christianity did so anyway where were we sorry got off track um so these these other gospels they were written far later so i hate to break it to you but the gospel of thomas was not written by thomas these other gospels are under pseudonyms. In all, if not most scholars agree with this statement, all right, despite if they're Christian or not, despite what they think about Jesus, even if they hated Jesus, hate Christians, hate Christianity, most, if not all, scholars will tell you this. So the, the Gnostic gospels were created by groups that were outside of Christian churches. If you read them, it's actually quite obvious, as their content is not all in harmony, nor does it really match the heart of the Christian faith. Like, I I read the Gospel of Thomas. This is a direct quote. Simon Peter said to them, Make Mary leave us, for females don't deserve life. Jesus said, Look, I will guide her to make her male, so that she too may become a living spirit resembling new males. For every female who makes herself male will enter the kingdom of heaven. See, that's <laughs> that's in the Gospel of Thomas, and that's quite different than the Jesus that I read about. That's significantly different than the Jesus who loved and stood up for women. Remember what I said about fake religions? Anyway, 
a lot of so a lot of scholars are they're very sneaky when it comes to leading people away from the Christian faith. They're brilliant and persuasive. Do you see how easy you can rip Christianity apart by simply using the Gnostic Gospels? See, Christian friend, this is why we need to look into these refutes and questions that come our way. You do not need to memorize the answer, but it is our job to face and explain the challenging questions. Do not be afraid, Christian. Sometimes it's much simpler than we realize. Like in this case, what about the other Gospels? Well, they were written after Jesus. They failed the test when early church councils were determining if it, if a New Testament or so-called New Testament book was truly inspired by God. So what does this mean? Does, could it possibly be that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the only Gospels that are true eyewitness accounts? Could it be that Jesus is actually who they claimed him to be? Could Jesus be who we claim to be? Could I encourage you to start with the book of John and see how in the beginning it was Jesus. It was Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It's Jesus who is Lord. I I briefly talked about Gnosticism, but do you care to look at look at it again with me anyway? So this was a second century religious movement that obviously clashes strongly with Christian doctrine. So for one, uh, they believe that salvation is through hidden knowledge. Gnost Gnostic Jesus brings a message of self-redemption, and all that a man needs to do is examine his inner spark. You'll find that knowledge and needed to free yourself from your material body. Like, that's what they believe. It's just about finding this knowledge. See, my, my worldview, it, it says differently. It says that salvation is available to everyone, and it comes from grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So everyone includes all races, ethnicities, sexes, etc. It does not matter what you've done, what temptations you face, or the ways you've messed up. Listen, your, your podcast host, she's just as sketchy herself. I'm a sinner that found Jesus. And he changes everything. The Gnostics view, their, their view of Jesus believes that Jesus only appeared to, to have a human form, but he was spirit only. That's what they believe. That he just, he's spirit, but he just kind of appeared to have human form. But my Bible says that Jesus was both fully man and fully God. His human and divine natures were both present and necessary to provide a suitable sacrifice for the sins of humanity. Jesus was more than a man, more than a carpenter. Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus is Lord. I've, I've given your worldview a chance. Would you be willing to try mine out?
would you consider giving Jesus a fair chance? But be, be forewarned, he might actually take you up on it and change everything, but is the best thing possible. Give Jesus a try. I'd like to just end with some prayer, if that's okay. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Please give us wisdom and discernment when these challenging questions and topics come up. I pray that we Christians can share the gospel in a way that honors you. Help us to love and cherish one another. Help us to be respectful and gentle as we share your word. God, I pray over our world. We're broken. We're hurting. We're searching for our purpose. It's in you, Jesus. We need you. Our souls long for you. And it's only through you that we can be saved. You died for our sins and were raised from the dead. And because of that, we are saved by your love and grace. Jesus, you're just that good. We need you. We long for you. And I pray that we find you. Our hope, our purpose is in you alone. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you.